Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up. For our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can fill your knowledge void of cannabinoids and get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, speaking flower to power for 28 years and found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is financial professional Simone Casson. Simone is an accomplished financial professional who says she has a hunger for helping others uncover their emotional, mental, spiritual, and cultural relationships with money. From an early age, Simone had an incredible connection with the idea of entrepreneurship, and her love and admiration for the art stirred her to pursue a career as a business owner. Attending Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, Simone ultimately relocated to the city of Chicago, Illinois. She opened up a makeup studio and spa, acquiring recognition and success as an aspiring entrepreneur, and was featured in the Chicago Sun-Times, Red Eye Chicago, and on the Grand McClendon Gerard on the Gerard McClendon Show, gradually climbing the ladder of small business success. Today, Simone is a certified tax preparer and the founder of Capital Coalition, and she's joining me today to share some of her knowledge about investments in cannabis stocks with you. Welcome to Simone to Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. Hey, how's everybody doing? Hello, hello, hello. 
<laughs> it's so good to have you with us. Now, you write that you're an expert in creating income streams in the cannabis industry and investing in pot stocks. U.S. sales of recreational and medical cannabis have been projected to grow to $20 billion by 2024, and some say cannabis is poised to become an $80 billion industry as soon as full legalization is implemented. Is it too soon or just the right time to invest in cannabis? Are cannabis stocks a sound investment right, right now, and if so, for whom? Great question. So first, I want to um, just share a little bit of background about myself. You, you acknowledge that yeah. I was a taxpayer pair, but um, I also I own two ancillary companies that are very vertically integrated in the cannabis industry. And what that means is those are two companies that prov um, provide a need. So I'm licensed in Life Health Property Casualty uh, Series 6637, and I've been um, a financial advisor for 10 years. And about 2015, I actually started investing in cannabis stocks. It was either that or Bitcoin. And um, I ended up taking one of my commissions, which was about $980. And I, I turned that portfolio and I just bought pot stocks. Then I turned that portfolio into $20,000, a little bit over at this point. Um, and so that was in three, four years, right? Three years, we kind of hit 20000 And so with that being said, there's a lot of great, great opportunities in the cannabis space. Um, of course, Earlier on, um, when a lot of the, the big four that we're hearing about, when they were maybe less than a dollar and now they're trading over $10 and $50 a share, of course, that was a great opportunity. But then it was still kind of scary, um, more of an emerging market. We didn't know how many states and how many countries were going to come on with the federal legalization. Now let's move forward. I think that this is an ideal time because this is right now, we're watching companies form the next Netflix, the next Amazon. And so there's definitely rules of thumbs and things that I teach in my courses. Um, after making some great wins and some losses, I created a, um, a core system course that allows individuals to take advantage of definitely capital appreciation along with creating income in the cannabis space. You mentioned rules of thumb. What, what considerations should someone who's planning on investing in cannabis be thinking about? Uh, what should they take into account and how much is federal prohibition a, a factor right now? Okay, good question. So I'm going to take that in two parts. Mm -hmm. First part is how much should they be looking to, I mean, what should they be looking for? I actually use what we call the seed method. Um, and so that's very, very important to me um, when you're looking for that next Amazon, that next big win. And so th those are going to be for individuals that are looking for what we consider long-term investment, which is five years or better. Uh, trading is going to be for income where we're looking for maybe that less than a year, three-year kind of holding period. So what we look for for our long-term investing, we're looking for, we use the SEED method. So S-E-E-D, S it stands for do they own their process from seed to sale? That's very, very important. Right now, we have not become federally legalized. So just as the liquor label has a, a, um, a tab on it or your cigarettes have a tab on it, there is a legal amount of nicotine and a legal amount of alcohol that has to be in there. At this point, marijuana doesn't have that legal um that legalization because there's no third party that governs it and every state gets to decide what that looks like well eventually that's going to change so we're going to have to make sure that we look at companies that own their process from seed to sale because when that changes if they only own the end user meaning that they only own what's on their shelves 
they will have to take everything off of their shelves and dump it and start all over again, which will be different than if somebody is a manufacturer, a processor, and a cultivator. They can just wipe off that sled and be able to start again. So we wanna make sure that we're looking at, that's a strong point, owning the process from seed to sale. Is this company, are they growing? Are they cultivating? Are they processing? Are they manufacturing? And are they putting it out on retail? The next thing that next E is going to be executive. What kind of executive team do they have? Now, understand this. Pot is a new industry, so you probably are not going to have somebody like in tech. You say, oh, well, he's had a proven track record at Facebook, and he's had a proven track record at Netflix, and he had a proven track record or whatever. We're not going to have that in um, in cannabis. But we are looking for executives who have a true, a proven track record in whatever they're looking for. So one of the ones, Canopy Grow, their uh, CEO is known for investing and um, for mergers and acquisitions. Positions. And that's what Canopy Growth has done. They have gone out and acquired some of the largest cannabis companies in the world. And they're the actual, as far as by footage and um, about how, um, how much they grow, they're the largest cannabis grower um, and processor. So, And they're one of the big fours. So making sure that we have a strong executive team that can really pull out while they're in this emerging market. Next E is going to be for expansion. Are they looking to expand? We don't want to invest in companies that are only in one country because one country can change. Right now, Donald Trump can say all of this is over with and, and you will see stocks plummet. So are they, um, are they putting a footprint in other countries? Are they looking for expansion? And then the last one is D. We want to make sure that we're looking for what is their distribution? So is there as distribution changes and as we look at medical and recreational, one of the key things that we want to look at, are they partnering with companies that know how to get that product out there? So are they partnering with the Pepsis, the Coca-Colas, the, the cigarette companies, the alcohol companies are they partnering with these groups so that we can also take their dream from just medical but also to recreational so that's my seed method last question last part of the question is how are we affected by federal um, federal is very very important to us one of the keys to federal is going to be um, when the feds uh, when the big boys can come in so the big banks at one point at some point will be able to come into um, the stock market and that's what really moves the needle when the big boys come in because you, um, the stock market is based on supply and demand so as much as you and I buy which is cool it's not we may buy a thousand shares but jp morgan will buy a hundred thousand shares so that's where you want to get in before the big boys come in because if you get in now and cannabis becomes federally legal those stocks you have might immediately become worth more money is that right well yeah because you got to remember like i said uh, the everybody's going to want to get in on it right yeah, everybody's going, but they do want to get in them. But there, when you go in and you buy, one of the places that we look, we call, we look for the institutional investors. So I'll give you a prime example. Facebook has about 75% of their shares that are sold are owned by institutional investors. You know what that means? I'm going to tell you right now, probably about mm, 70% of 401ks own Facebook or Apple. 
That's not a, that's not something I made up. That's true. So you can go into your 401k and they usually own Facebook, Apple, or both of them. So what that means is that the major, the mutual funds, the fund managers, the major corporations, all of these people own large shares of them. And if they decide that they didn't want to deal with Facebook or anything anymore, that's when it goes down. But what shot it up was when they decided that they were going to put these in mutual funds and what happened. So the same thing will happen in cannabis spaces. They, the big boys will be able to buy, but they will buy large amounts, right? So they will buy large amounts that will really, really move the needle um, in comparison to the hundred or uh, or thousand shares that we buy, you know, throughout throughout our, 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 our time. So that's what really moves the needle is the supply and demand. The more that's bought, the more it goes up. The more that's sold, the more it goes down. Simone, that's that's just really fascinating. Uh, we have about a minute before the next break. You also write that you're deeply intrigued by the effects that culture has on money matters and the decisions that individuals would make related to the field of finance and investments. Can you explain a little bit about that? What effects can culture have on money matters uh, in about a minute? De definitely. I'll be really quickly. So for me, a lot of my clients um, are, are minorities, uh, Hispanic um, and African-American. Um, and so and just people that probably are that look at money a little bit differently. One of the things that we when I created my course, I understood that um, a lot of people of color a lot of time have more short term money than long term money. And so when we're talking about investing strategies, um, one of the things that I, I believe in is that your investment strategy and your financial strategy should all embody how you feel about money and your cultural and emotional relationship with that. So what we do is we understand that investing in cannabis as a whole the big win is in capital appreciation, meaning that you buy a stock and you hold it for long term because that's where we've seen the big wins. But I also recognize that culturally that's not always the best approach because of the short term money. So we also teach trading, um, trend trading uh, techniques so that individuals will be able to take care of, take advantage of both. So 50% is in investing and then the other 50% is done in trading. And so I think that that for me and for my clients, that embodies the cultural relationship with money and it helps them leverage a, um, a, a better win and maximize everything when they're trading with their culture. Simone Quezon is my guest, and we're going to take that pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws. Pay the rent real quick. Come back with some great questions for Simone. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 
garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth sheepskin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z dot com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back on Hemp Present with Simone Kisson. Simone, you talk about assisting individuals in unveiling their emotional, mental, spiritual, and cultural relationship with money. Can you talk about what those relationships might be and, and how you would unveil them to be? What is a... Uh, emotional, mental, spiritual, or cultural cultural relationship with money? Well, you know, the big thing um, I think that we all have to identify is that, um, well, let me back up. When I first started my journey uh, as far as in the cannabis space and just as a financial advisor, I realized that everybody had this different relationship with money, right, culturally. Um, some some cultures were insurance. They, they were overinsured, right? There were some cultures that were underinsured. Uh, there were some cultures that um, that put a lot of pre- precedence on having cash. There was other cultures that that were comfortable with investing and making money off of others. And so, what I found was that the the cultures that were successful or the individuals that were successful were ones that embodied how they were raised with money. Now. There are some um, some individuals that are raised as consumers, right? So they buy, they buy, they buy. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's only a bad thing if you only buy depreciating assets. So being able to leverage your relationship with money can be a key to sticking to a financial plan, uh, creating a financial goal, and not only that, utilizing and leveraging a financial strategy. Oh, very good. Um... Simone, people of color have disproportionately been targeted, prosecuted, jailed throughout the entire period of cannabis prohibition, and then the inequity continues today. Uh, Another impact upon communities of color has been economics generated by prohibition in a variety of ways. Uh, According to a recent CNBC article, low African-American participation in the stock market contributes to the widening wealth gap between black and white households. Uh, still, about 67% of African Americans with incomes of at least 50000 have money invested in stocks or in the stock market uh, funds, or at least did in 2017. That compares with 60% in 2010 and 57% in 90, uh, 1998. So things are changing, but how might Americans of color reposition their personal finances through investment? What would be some of the first steps that somebody thinking about getting involved might, might take? Cool. Well, okay. Let's talk about so the the first steps that Africa uh, that African Americans have to take um, is education around what the stock market is, right? So I think that in many cases, outside of it, and, and 
And if we use those, those statistics that you have, most of those would reflect what we would consider a retirement account, probably not independent accounts, right? Um, meaning that those are that these are accounts that would be for retirement, but not for funds that they're just participating on their own. So um, yes, there's an increasing amount of individuals that are participating in 401ks and 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 four or what have you, but let's look at um, some additional ownership. So whenever you own, whether it's an equity or a piece of property, you're increasing ownership. So having the conversation of actually participating in the stock market has to become a more general conversation. I think as African-Americans, we don't have that conversation for the simple fact we don't really understand it. It becomes this convoluted kind of thing um, and the and the language, it becomes so, so difficult. Um, and we don't, and it's almost like learning a foreign language. Now, the flip side is that, is that now we have Google and God. And so we have a host of different apps that you can actually participate in and be able to work at, um, and invest in the stock market. But I think that we have to be able to share more information and make sure that it's become, but it is becoming more of a conversation. I will say that in the African-American community, it is becoming more of a conversation. So what are the steps that we need to be able to take? First thing that we need to know is we need to make sure that we have our six month savings, right? So the reason why this is so important is because investing is a privilege. It is not a right. People have to understand that. So when you go and you buy into a stock, you got to understand that the stock can go up and down whatever, you know, it can definitely um, move up and down. You do not want to be in a position where you have a car breakdown and you need $2,000 and the stock market is the only place where you can get it because there's no guarantee that you're going to sell that thing when it's positive or when it's negative. So making sure that you have a reserve for expenses to be put away. The next thing that you want to do is you want to make sure that you have uh, created a budget. Now, one of the easiest ways for you to actually participate in the stock market is to use what we call a dollar cost averaging system, meaning that you would put in money at intervals every month. So creating that so you can have a monthly interval, that's actually how your, um, your 401k works. Every two weeks, they pull money out of your check and they buy stocks. Well, you're going to do the same thing, but you can do it independently. Uh, the next thing is that you want to um, create a strategy. So whether or not you get educated or you have a financial advisor or somebody else, you want to have a strategy. Anybody that participates in the stock market without a plan, they are planning to fail. Because the stock market goes up and down, money is emotional, and if you don't have a, a tried and true way of being able to stay in even when it's bad, or to be able to sell even when it's good, you're going to lose. And then last but not least, making sure that you open up a brokerage account with the least amount of expenses and do your homework on that. Okay, that's that's very fascinating. Um Simone, there are other financial options that folks might be more familiar with than the stock market, things such as real estate or insurance policy contracts, certificate of deposits, etc. How do these strategies fit in with a plan of investing in the stock market in order to increase one's personal wealth? 
Well, one, first thing I want to take off the myth of insurance being an investment plan. I hate that. What that means, pretty much, you can have insurance and you can have insurance that has a bucket. One bucket is for your premium and the other bucket is for um, your cash value. And then that cash value can be attached to an index and you can be up and down. But it's still, that's, that's not an investment plan. Okay. That's not an investment plan. So that take that misconception off. Um, that was a way that individuals sold uh, insurance in the eighties. And that's a misconception. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is yes, whether or not you're investing in the stock market um, right now. I, well, let me uncover Let me talk about a couple of different things, a couple of different ways since we're talking about cannabis and we talk about the cannabis space, let's kind of stick there. Cause we can get really broad and I can take you all over the place. So, <laughs> Okay. First thing, let's look at how we can make money in the cannabis industry. So first way that we've already acknowledged, one of the easiest entries is going to be the stock market. Pretty much you buy a stock, they, this company participates either related or unrelated in the cannabis space. And then you buy that for, you buy that easily, you pick up your phone, you buy that stock and you go on about your business, right? So that's the first way. That is probably the most, that's going to be the one in the stock market that gives you probably the most risk, but it also will probably offer you the most reward. The next way is that we could diversify, right? So all whenever you want, to, as a financial advisor, you ever, whenever you want to impress your clients, we say one key word. And it's called diversification, which is the most important part of investing. But one of the easiest ways for you to do it is that you can actually invest in pot mutual funds or pot ETFs. An ETF is an exchange traded fund. Both of them are pools of stock that have been together. And um, some guy on Wall Street is paid millions of dollars to manage and kind of put up and down what's going to be in these portfolios. And at that point, you're able to buy this, you buy into these mutual funds or ETFs, and you're immediately on anywhere from 30 to 50 stocks, 50 companies, right? So that's number two. The other way is that you can get into real estate. So real estate, one of the ways is learning which municipality, if you are in a state that has approved medical or recreational, usually there is a zoning area or a municipality. You want to look at what are, um, can you buy property in these areas? If you buy property before it's actually designated, you can buy it really, really low and sell it really, really high. About 15% of the um, moguls that are coming out of cannabis, um, people that are building wealth, about 15% of them are doing it in real estate. In addition to being able to own hard real estate, you can also own what we call a real estate trust. So that is a way of buying it on the stock market. And right now, I think there are about two or three real estate trusts that you can buy. These are um, uh, these are assets that you could buy on the stock market, but they are supported and they're uh, reserved by real estate, um, the, the leasing or the selling of real estate. So that's how they do. So they only buy um, real estate that is in the cannabis industry. And then at that point, they give you a dividend off of the leasing or the flipping or the selling of that real estate. The next place that you can actually go is cryptocurrency. So okay, crypto hold, that hold that thought, Simone, because we're going to go to a break. Okay. We're going to take another break here. We're from our sponsor, Avertouch. Come back with our final questions for Simone Kesson. Time to roll out for the people that let us hem present. Hang loose. 
We're coming right back. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the board, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award-winning cannabis conference and trade show hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre-conference workshops and off-site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back for our final questions for Simone. Uh, Simone, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners while we still have a few minutes? Okay. So um, there's two last uh, places where you can actually um, do some investing. One, just like cryptocurrency, there are um, coins that are dedicated to the cannabis industry. There are coins like Platcoin. Hipcoin and Gaja coin. But then last but not least, and this is actually the big, big win if you're a major, major risk taker, is um, going on and finding pre-IPO cannabis companies. And you're probably like, what is that? So these are companies that are before they're going to gonna go public. So there's a website called republic.co and there's a couple of other ones that you have that are out there you can Google, but republic.co actually has companies that are looking to go public. You can invest anywhere from 50 to uh, $5,000 into these companies and you can participate in them. You'll be able to hold them um, until they actually go public and maybe make your big payoff, right? If they do decide to do that. So those are the ways that you can kind of get in to investing in cannabis um, today. Sweet. Uh, any final questions you want to leave our listeners with? How can, um, folks, how can folks get a hold of you and, and, and uh, take advantage of all of your expertise? Wonderful. So definitely, first thing I am, um, you can always find me at our website, which is www.csimonecason.com. 
www.csimonekaysign.com. That's www.csimonekaysign.com. All of my handles, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, whatever whatever it is, is C C I M O N E C A S S O N. So everything is C Simone Kason. And then um, make sure that you follow me. Uh, we have a tour that's coming up. We'll be in St. Louis, Denver, Atlanta, Toronto. Uh, Orlando and a host of other places really, really soon. We got a great tour, which is the cash out on cannabis tour. Well, awesome. Uh, Simone Casson, Casson, thank you so much for being on Hemp Present. It's been really enlightening and uh, I wish you nothing but the best. And uh, and maybe we can get you to speak at Hemp Fest someday. I would love that. Oh my God. I'd be so, it would be so dope. (laughs) All right. Well, you take care. Thanks for being on the show. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. Now we can get to a weekly feature of in on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is. All business is personal. Make your friends before you need them. And that is from the American entrepreneur, media magnate, executive philanthropist, and investor, Robert L. Johnson. That concludes this installment of Hemerson on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on our journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, my strokes. I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.